Welcome to the Makers. Hey, hey, Podnutkins. Welcome to the Makers episode 25. This is Door Door Geek. Uh, we have not done a show in now over two months. Uh, everyone just seems to be really busy. This is a really bad time of the year, number one. Number two, uh, everybody seems to have lots of things going on, whether it be personal, uh, whether it be health-related, whether it be financial, or whether it be business-related. Uh, everybody has lots of stuff going on. Uh, so the first thing I'll say is if you want to take part in the Makers, uh, do not hesitate. Shoot me an email, doordoorgeek at gmail.com. The more, the merrier. Uh, we record on Mumble. M-U-M-B-L-E. Uh, we've had at one point in time 20 plus people recording on one server, so it's doable. The question then becomes organization. Uh, so I'm going to ask myself first, what have I built, broken, or learned? Uh, I haven't learned really much of anything. I'll say that because I, I'm like a hands-on kind of guy. Um, I don't learn to hit a baseball by reading a book or studying videotape or anything like that. I study by doing it. Um, and then when I learn something, it just feels natural. So I don't feel like I really learned anything. Uh, I've broken a lot. I've thrown away a lot of first layer prints, I will say. Um, my uh, creatively uh, CR10 printer is making a lot of noise in the fan, in the main fan. Uh, it is a loud printer, uh, but it's making even more noise now. I really should uh, uh, just replace the fan before it burns out. but. I'm uh, lazy, so I'm probably going to wait for the fan to just burn out and then replace the fan with a quieter fan. It's sitting in my garage, so I'm not really, you know, stressed about how loud it is. Um, but it is running really well, is what I'm going to say. Um, it's running very consistent. It's running very solid. I will say I do believe now that every time I take a print off the bed and I'm not paying special attention to be careful, I do believe that I am slowly repetitively moving the bed a little bit uh which re which means i have to re, again re bed level because i have no automation on that now with that said i'm going to try to have two links in the notes uh they were to two stl files that i downloaded i believe they were literally off of uh both of them off thingiverse okay the first one on thingiverse is by me Luang, M-I-L-E-U-N-G. This is called 280X280MM Bed Level Calibration. Uh, essentially, this is like five squares, one in the center, four on the corners with a very thin line connecting everything. Uh, this will help you um, figure out which corner of the bed needs to go up, which corner of the bed needs to go down kind of thing. This was not the one that I liked. Okay, the second one is actually called Creativ Creatively CR10 slash S Full Bread Calibration. This is the one I actually like. This is the one uh, by Gusto Fusion is what I'm going to say it is. And here's the reason why I like this one versus the other one. If you go take a look at them, the one is five squares, one in the middle, four in the corners. This is a circle in the middle of your bed and then it has a spiral like line coming out in a very blocky square that only goes left up right down left up right down left up right down and it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger 
um, until it's the full size of your bed. I like this one better because it starts in the middle, which I feel is probably the easiest part of the bed to actually calibrate to get it the right level. And then it slowly comes out into a wider bed. Um, I do believe the corners are more sensitive, harder to calibrate. And what this bed leveling, bed calibration print told me was my bed is not perfectly flat. Okay, now what I wish I had was I wish my slicing tool would allow me to say, load this profile of this printer and in this spot, like from the main corner, from the from the front left corner of the bed, maybe 20 millimeters in and 40 to the right, there's a dead spot where it's not level, where there's a bump, where there's a little deformation. It is not perfectly level. I wish I could mark it in that kind of tool so then every time I load a print, I can see to avoid that on my bed. Well, I don't have that, so I have to try to remember now where on my bed is it not perfectly level because I can tell you uh, with a big sheet of glass, it's really difficult to have a level bed. I don't even have glass on my bed now. Now I have the magnetic bed, but I'm still seeing deformations in the bed, which tells me the metal underneath is not perfectly flat either. Um, I'm not going to right now do a Franklin fix and try to buy a new bed to get it perfectly level in air quotes. Uh, I think it's perfectly fine for me to know where on the bed is the issue spots. And then basically when I lay my STL and Cura, I try to avoid those problem areas on the bed itself. And I've had moderate success, not great success. I've had good success is what I'm going to say. Um, I will say I'm still loving Zealtech filament. Zealtech filament to me is still the preeminent. I haven't tried many other ones. That's the thing. I have some TPU filament. I have not had a chance to um, even try yet. I do have also glow-in-the-dark filament, which I have not had a chance to try yet. I'm just trying to get back into this wing of just printing things successfully back-to-back. And I've had a couple really good successes here. Uh, A couple of them have just been vases. A couple of them have been wallets. I really do like the idea of a wallet. Uh, I've printed more than a couple little, like, figurines, dragons, and such, and bringing them into work. Uh, One of them I picked up and it printed out was basically a dough. I want to say dodecahedron, but that's not right because I believe that's only 10-side. This is like a 20-sided die, but it was printed out flat, and it had little notches on the end pieces, and you basically scraped it off the bed and folded it up, like almost like a puzzle, like folded it up into itself, and it's now 20-sided, and it's uh, not perfect, but it's definitely pretty good is what I'm going to say. I'm quite impressed with it. Um, so I am a fan of the geometric shapes. I think that's the kind of thing that really draws me in. And, and, and I also did replace the nozzle on my bed. I went from the original default, I believe it's brass nozzle, to I believe a steel nozzle. And the reason being is when you go to the glow in the dark filament, uh, the actual pieces inside of the filament that actually glow are much more coarse and they're like blocky inside of the filament. And if you use your normal brass nozzle that I got by default, it will literally scrape, it will literally damage that nozzle where even after probably the first print, I would never be able to see really good prints again. So I just 
you broke down, I bought the new nozzle. I want to say it was 12 bucks. It was something stupid cheap. And to replace the nozzle was unbelievably easy. I will say shockingly easy. Uh, all I did was just turn up the uh, temperature on the hot end. I want to say I turned it up to 205 or 215. Um, and then I didn't do the cold push-pull method because it's confusing. So I just turned it up to 215, moved it a little bit, moved it a little bit, a little bit and pulled out as much filament as I could and it came out uh, I believe a huge majority came out very much came out and then I just took the tool provided by the manufacturer and just put it up against the actual nozzle twisted it it wasn't hard it came down the key is not to touch the damn thing okay now you probably should then turn the temperature down put new filament in take the new nozzle put it on but not me I leave it up to 215 use the tool, pull off the nozzle, use another tool, pull the nozzle off of the tool because the tool was getting hot, I'm sure. So I then had it separated. I then took the new nozzle by hand very quickly, put it back up onto the hot end, twisted it, and as soon as I felt it start to like catch, I stopped touching the nozzle. I then put on my uh, secure like leather gloves, turned it like three or four times till I started to feel tension. Then I picked up the tool. By that time, the tool has cooled down. And then I tightened it up, um, tightened it up to where it just stopped moving. And then I just forced a little bit. I did not go crazy. I just forced it a little bit, forced it a little bit more. Then I just force fed some more filament back into the tube. I said, uh, set the um, unit of measurement to 100 and extrude, extrude, extrude. And then voila, everything started coming out and looked fine. Since then, I've had at least four or five very successful prints, but I'm going to basically go through this roll of uh, black Zealtech filament before I go to the glow-in-the-dark filament. Um, and using this Creati uh, CR10 full bed calibration, I do believe I was able to get to good, clean prints quicker than any other way that I do it. Um, I do not have any automation on my bed leveling um so i have to do it by hand using this method i honestly would say it was pretty easy uh because you basically start to print you turn the knobs as it's printing as it's starting to print you are turning the knobs on the fly adjusting the bed so it was actually pretty quick it was maybe a 5 15 minute process at most uh so i was really happy with that so what i learned was uh, when I'm looking at the slicer now, I'm learning what to look for. And these are things that are not, uh, were not extremely obvious to me in the beginning. Uh, I've learned that there are spots on my bed I want to avoid. I learned that there are spots on my bed I want to put things. I also learned by uh, going to the layer view in Cura and selecting in deselecting components to view, whether it be in-view, uh, in-fill, whether it be helpers, whether it be shell, whether it be supports, whether it be any of that, I can see how things will lay a little bit better and have a greater understanding of when I change the infill or when I change the support numbers, how is it going to affect this build? Because it really is one of those things. Uh, if you really want to get optimal performance, if you really want supports to come off as easy as possible, there is no one golden rule. You literally load up the STL in your slicer. You then move the object around in three dimensions. You 
figure out which is the best way for the least amount of support. Then I use the layer view. Then I look at the support. Then I modify what kind of support it is to see how much is it going to take up. Because I want as little support as possible to get as much uh, result as possible. So I want to use as little material as possible while getting the greatest amount of support out of it. And it's there is no perfect mathematical e um e um e um equation. I think it's literally just learn on the fly. Lots of failed prints. You know, I basically watch the print, and when I see it starting to go a little bit haywire, I stop. I turn the temperature back on the bed. I go clean off the bed. And then I try to figure out in my head what's going on. And each time I have a failed print, I'm literally learning a little bit more on how the filament will lie, how it will react with the bed, how it will react with each other, and what is the most optimal way to get this one thing printed out. Um, I'm feeling definitely more confident about my ability to slice and have an end product that actually comes off pretty good. I've also learned when sometimes you really do want to set the infill to 100% and when sometimes you literally only need like a 4% infill. Um, if you're making like a um, cantilever kind of like hook mechanism, you probably want more infill. If you're doing something like a simple ornamental ornament for your tree or for your front door or some kind of decoration, you probably don't need more than 8% infill at the absolute most. So there is no one perfect setting. There is no one perfect thing to do. Every single job that comes off that printer is going to need its own set of numbers. Uh, I will say I'm getting really close to opening up a designer and forcing myself to do some things because I now have two computers uh, that are both running really, really well. They're both mini computers. More information, of course, mini PC, mini PC show on podcast.com. Uh, one of them is the Odroid H2, which is an Intel-based board. The whole board is only like 110 millimeters by a 110, so it's really small. Uh, the other board is a Rock Pro 64 ARM-based board, which is probably around... 30 millimeters by 80 millimeters. And I cannot find good cases on any of these websites, which means I'm going to probably have to design my own case. And I already know, for me, the most difficult part is going to be is shaping the holes, the ports, which tells me my very first print, my very first successful print, my very first successful case for these things are probably just going to have humongous, gargantuan, non-form-fitting holes for all the ports. And then as I improve, they will get better. They will get the right size and shape. Um, if you guys want to send uh, an email to me, the easiest way is mail at podnuts.com. If you guys want to send a voicemail into the show, 7076-PODNUT. If you guys would like to be on the show or if you guys would just like to par to participate on the show, uh, mail at podnuts.com. Uh, I do have a new share service like Dropbox called the Next Cloud installed on my network where we do have a bunch of files that everybody on the show, James, Jonas, Knucklehead Tech, Eric Sauce, Eric Gardini, Liam, all, Liam Tidwell, everybody, right? We all share 
uh, files that we found that we like on my Nextcloud server. If you would like to have access to that file re um, repository, uh, do not hesitate. Shoot me an email, mailupon.com, and I will make it happen. Um, I want to thank everyone for their support. I want to thank everyone for their patience. I will promise you that if no one else can come out to make this show up, uh, I will at least be putting something out. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of putting out YouTube videos. I'm not a huge fan of doing that kind of content. If you guys would like to do more interactive shows, you got to let me know. We can set up a Discord server or a, a another IRC server of some kind, and we can hang out and we can have interactivity during the show as well. I'm not opposed to that. Um, but I will do my best to try to keep shows coming out as often as possible. And I want to thank everyone again for their support. And I'll talk to everyone again real soon.